Thanks for joining us on the Church of the Lakes podcast, where we inspire life, share life, and give life. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at cotlakes.com. We'd love to connect with you. Now, let's go to the message. Today's a very different day, and um, what we're doing live in church right now is we have our kids ministry with us and we really went kids ministry today. So, uh, we're doing this review timeline with them and all. So I thought, you know, this gives me an opportunity for those of you online or for those of you who might be watching us for the very first time to really go back to what, what is Church of the Lakes all about? What's our DNA? Why, why do we do what we do uh, and do ministry the way we do? Why are we in Leesburg High School? And uh, actually, we're planning on staying there right now as long as they'll have us um, because it allows us to give to the community and all the things that we do. Uh, but it's really always good to go back to what is the vision and how do we do that? And actually, the vision is all built around uh, a scripture that I want to show you that's in Ephesians 1, uh, starting in verse 16. So let's look at this together. It says this. It says, I keep asking, and here, here's what I want you to know is, our church is continually praying for you. We have a prayer team that comes and sits at this very table every Tuesday morning and takes the prayer request. So if you fill out a prayer request online, we will be praying over that. I promise you that. Our prayer team brings their notebooks, and they write down, and they pray every day. And so we, we, we continue to pray for you, but I want you to know what we're praying for. Like, what is our goal? What are we trying to accomplish? Because I believe my job as a pastor is to be a spiritual tour guide. Like, my job is, um, you know, you, when you go on a, on, on a tour, um, we were just down in Key West and we were on the tour bus and they, they stop and say, now to your left is this old house and to your right is this tree that's been there since, you know, the Columbus came over or whatever. You know, they tell you all these facts and everything. And, and I really look at my job as a pastor like that. My, my job is to, to be a spiritual tour guide, to, to guide you spiritually and say, now look at this and now look at that and look at this step and let's remember where we come from and let's remember where people before us, how they did it and that, that made them healthy and how we can relate to God in that way. And so I really look at my job very much in that way. And that's in this, in the, this Ephesians passage, this is a prayer that he has for the Ephesians that, that actually I have for you, that our church has for you as well. It says, I keep asking that God, uh, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Wisdom and revelation. I want you to come to a place in your life where you have wisdom, where, where when life comes at you, You've got the ability to process and you get a download from God that says, you know what, do this or don't do that or react this way. And revelation is is the ability to, to hear God and get that moment that, wow, okay, this is what God wants or this is what lines up with God, what God's word says. And so to have wisdom and revelation, but why? And, and, and the answer to that is the next line, so that you may know him better, so that you may know him Remember, this whole thing is all about a relationship. 
It's not about religion. It's not about how many times we show up at, at, at church. It's, it, it's not, you know, in the old days we had Sunday school pins. If you went to Sunday school, you know, every Sunday for so long you'd get a Sunday school pin and you walk around, you know, all trying to act all big and bad. It's, it's not a religion. It's not a show. It's not things that we have to do. It's a relationship. And so the goal in, in, in having you come to a place where you have wisdom and revelation is wisdom and revelation in Knowing him and, and knowing God. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in a second. It keeps going. I pray that the eyes of your heart, and you might stop and think, wait a minute, eyes of your heart. What exactly does that mean? My eyes are on my head, but I need you to hear something. Your real eyes, the eyes that really make a difference in your life and in your soul, they are, they're in your heart. Your heart is the filter that filters everything, the soul, the core of who you are, that filters everything. And it says here, I want your the, the eyes of your heart that they may be enlightened. In other words, there's a realization that because we are sinful beings, that we need to overcome sinful nature. Uh, have you ever been in a really nasty rainstorm? Like you're going down the interstate and you hit a patch where it's just like cats and dogs, you know, just just raining like crazy. And some people start pulling over, right, put their hazards on and all that. Why? Because you can't see. Because you're having, you're like, and, and, and you're squinting. Or maybe some of you, you wear glasses, but you're like me and you're hard-headed and you don't always wear your glasses. And so then what you do is you're driving around trying to read the sign. Kind of like that. Like we're squinting to look because we can't quite see. Or maybe you're one of those people that, that I, some of my kids have been this way. I'm not going to name any names. They get mad at me. But, but that like you would look at their glasses and go, how can you see out of those things? Cause they're like caked with gunk because they haven't cleaned them in forever. And you're like, how are you looking through that? That, that is a description really of the sinful nature of man, of the sinful nature of us. That the eyes of our heart, because of our sinful nature, are clouded. And, and, and so we have a hard time seeing the world and seeing other people actually from a lens of truth because we're clouded, usually with hurt, usually with pain, usually with baggage from our past, grudges that we hold against other people. And so it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart be enlightened that the the fog clears and you see things the way you should see them according to what god says and and the way he has designed this life to go goes on in order in other words that that second one there is tied to the third one i I want you to notice we're going to talk about four things here that, that that define the vision of church of the lakes but the second and the third here are tied together because he wants the eyes of your hearts to be enlightened in order that. In other words, this third one, well, the second one has to happen. You have to have your eye, your, your heart has to be enlightened. The eyes of your heart have to be enlightened so that you may know the hope to which he called you. In other words, there's a calling on your life. And 87% of people sitting in churches today, according to the research, don't know what their purpose in life is. Why? I think it's because their heart is still clouded with baggage and stuff and, and things that we say about ourselves and the way we feel about ourselves when we look in the mirror and, and, and we don't like what we see. Uh, when, when we have, you know, frustrations with the way we live and the way that we do things and, and we carry around this shame or, or regret or all these, all those things cloud. Well, now because it's clouded and, and I can't see, well, I can't really see what I'm called to do because I can only see myself clouded. 
I can only see myself through the framework of something that is not actually a pure picture because it's clouded in that scenario. They say that there are, there are two days that are the two best days of your life. The first one is the day you're born, and the second one is the day you figure out why. Right? Purpose. That there's meaning. Even secular sociologists say that the top of the needs of mankind, the top of that chart, is something called transcendence. That you're a part of something bigger than yourself. That there's some sense of meaning. There's some sense of, of purpose to what we do. And so it says, in order that you may know the hope to which he called you, to the riches uh, of his glorious inheritance, inheritance in his holy people. Now, I want you to hear something. This, I don't believe this is talking about heaven. We, we always think of God. We always think of what we might get from God, and it's, well, I'm just going to pray and ask Jesus to come to my heart because I just want, don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I think this inheritance is talking about things he has for you now. And that inheritance is that you would make a difference in other people's lives, that, that you, would, you, would, you would have this revelation and wisdom that would happen so you could know him. And then when you know him, that your eyes of your heart would be cleared so you could see clearly. So now that you could understand purpose and meaning and destiny on your life, why? So that you can make a difference. So you can step into the inheritance that he has for us. Let me show it to you in the message. So the message is, is not a translation of the Bible. It's a paraphrase. Uh, but I, lo- I love just the way it's said um, in this. So let me read it to you. I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally, right? It's, it's a relationship. Your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what he is calling you to do. Grasp the immense immensity of his glorious way of life that he has for you. He has, he has, he has a point and a, and a way of life. So I want to ask you, you know, based on that and based on that thought process, I'm going to, I'm going to start with a question and then I'll end with the exact same question. One of the things that we talk quite a bit about at Church of the Lakes is next steps. Matter of fact, if you, every one of my sermon notes since we started this church, if you look at the bottom of the back of the sermon notes, there's a thing that says next steps. And I try to give you something that is a simple practical, like what can I do next? What is my next? And I want to walk through, back through this verse, these four things, and ask you, according to these four things, what is your next step? Because we all have one. We all have stuff. We all have different seasons that we're going through in our life. Maybe it's a season where you need to deal with past and hurts and all that. Maybe it's a season where you're like, you know what, I I, I know God, but... But, but I need to develop that more. Or maybe it's, you know what, I've gotten away from fulfilling my purpose or making a difference in other people's lives. And so let's walk through. And, and while we do this, what are we doing? We're talking about this is the vision of Church of the Lakes. This is the journey that we want to take you on um, in, 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 this, in this spiritual journey, in this, in this guiding that we would like to do to help you get to where God has called you to be. So number one is just know God. Now, this no, I need you to hear, is not a cognitive no. Okay. In other words, what I mean by that is, um, I could say to you that I, that, that, that I know LeBron James. And you'd go, no, do you know LeBron? Do you, you know him or do you know him? 
And, and you know the difference of what I'm saying there, right? And so the point being is if LeBron James walked in the office right now, he wouldn't know me from Adam's house cat, right? Like no clue. He I mean, I know who he is, but he don't, we don't, we don't know each other. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? Now, my wife, Jen, we've been married 25 years. I know my wife, right? Matter of fact, in the Bible, there's a place in Genesis where it said, and Adam knew his wife. And she became pregnant. Well, that's kind of the Bible being a little, having a little discretion about, right, like what it's saying there. But you know what it's talking about. It's intimate kind of thing. And I want you to know this word that, that we're talking about out of this passage, the, the, the original language is gnosko, gnosko. And it is, it is a, an intimate relationship. It is not, yeah, I know, uh, you know, I know, um, I'm just trying to think of anybody random. Well, I use LeBron James. I know Shaquille O'Neal. Now, I'll say to you, I know Shaquille O'Neal. Now, actually, I did meet Shaquille O'Neal one time. Walked around with him here in Leesburg, believe it or not. But do we know each other? And the answer would be no. Like, if I ran into him again today, he probably wouldn't even remember me, right? But the difference being is this is Gnosko, that, that, that you know him. And, and, and I want you to, to understand that you know, you might say, well, I surrendered my heart. Um, and, and you would say, I surrendered my heart. I've been in church all my life. And so, you know, I, I, I know God. Well, but the question is, and what this actually is stating is, do you know him? And, and there's, a, there's a verse, and it's probably the scariest verse in the Bible, in my opinion, that actually kind of separates the scenario. It's in Matthew 7 and 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. In other words, just saying, yeah, I know God, or I prayed a prayer, doesn't seem like it's enough according to this. It's actually relationship. Look at this. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform miracles. Well, gosh, if people were performing miracles and driving out demons and doing great works, I would just assume those people were going to heaven, right? I mean, you would too, but look at what it says here. Then I will tell them plainly, I never gnosko you. I, I never knew you. See, it's it's never been about a religion. It has always been about a relationship, an intimate relationship that has to be developed. My deepest prayer is not to pack an auditorium. Like that, that is not my, that, that, that is not my, no, my deepest prayer is that you or individuals or those that we have been called to walk on this spiritual journey with would gnosko God, would, would come to know him, would come to develop a relationship with him. Look at first John two and three. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. Now, I want, I want you to recognize something there. You don't obey his commands and then he's happy with you. That's not what is it. That's religion. It says when you know him intimately, you will want to obey his commands. So you know that somebody knows it. Gnosko knows God when they obey his commands because they want to because I, I I don't have to wear a wedding ring. Nobody's forcing me to wear a wedding ring. I wear it because it says something to my wife, right? It says to her, I'm committed enough to walk around in public and say, "Taken," right? You're like, this is this is a commitment thing. 
And so I want to give you with each one of these steps today, I want to give you an action step because maybe this is the next step for you. What is your next step? As I asked earlier. So the action step for this one would be to surrender your life to God and be water baptized. To surrender your life to God and be water baptized. 27 baptisms are described in the scriptures. There are 27 of them. And on every one of them, they are right after a salvation experience. So every single one of them, someone accepts the the, the gospel, the understanding of who Jesus is and, and that he's their savior and that he forgives their sin. And then they are baptized. Now, I was sprinkled as a kid. Right, I grew up in the Episcopal Church, had the whole christening thing and got sprinkled and all that scenario. And so people would say, well, then, Pastor Mike, you after you got, you got baptized again? Actually, I did it right away because I didn't understand this. It was actually a number of years after I had been following God. I was teaching Sunday school and come across some of these verses and felt conviction that I've never been baptized after that decision, as it's described over and over in the scripture. So I was baptized many years later after being a Jesus follower. And let me encourage you that that's, this is simply an act of obedience. And once you know him, you want to. Like once you know him, you want to respond. Once you, once you know, gnosko, receive the love and forgiveness that is, that is who Jesus is and what his spirit brings into your life. There's a desire to reciprocate relationship. Acts 2 and 41. Those who accepted his message were baptized. About 3,000 were added to their number on that particular day. So, so number one is know God. Number two is to find freedom. Now that I've invited God into my life, I want to see him to begin to fix the broken stuff. Anybody got broken stuff or is that just me? Right? Like we all have broken stuff. We, my, my heart filters need to be cleared. Like we talked, like as we talked about the, 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 the being, being blinded or squinting or not being able to see clearly. I need to bandage up the wounds of my heart so that I'm healthy. And I'm able to be used for his glory. Look at Proverbs 4 and 23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. In other words, what's rattling around in the deepest part of your heart? We we use that word heart, um, but that's that's your soul. That's that's the the middle of who you are. Your mind and your will and your emotions. How, How intact, how healthy, because a healthy heart will produce healthy things. But an unhealthy heart will produce issues, will produce hurt, will produce struggle, right? And and let me just say this. If you don't think you have an issue, that's an issue, <laughs> right? Because we all, uh, we, we all sin. We all have a sinful nature. So how do you do... How, so here, here's the question that would come. For those of us who are type A personalities like myself, okay, I want to get past my past. I want to deal with it. So... How do I do this? Wrong question. Do you know why it's the wrong question? Because you can't do it by yourself. Because that's not the way God designed freedom to happen. Let me show it to you very clearly in a scripture. James 5 and 16. Therefore, confess your sins to God. No, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Many people are running around the same issue, trying to take care of it on their own. 
We're hiding behind masks and pretending things are fine, right? What do we say? Hey, how you doing? Oh, fine. I'm just fine. How are you doing? Right? Knowing that on the inside, everything inside of us is falling apart. Or at, at the moment, we're struggling with depression, you know, or, or we're struggling with some other particular issue. And so this is an answer that especially us type A personalities or those of us who, you know, we just tighten up our belt and get to work. Like, I'm just going to fix this. We, we're in the self-help world, right? We'll, we'll read self-help books and podcasts and everything else. And, and, and unfortunately, I need you to understand that freedom from your stuff actually comes in a relationship with other people. So your action step to, to, if this is the part where, where God is saying to you, you need to do something, your action step would be to get in a small group. Would, would be to get into a place where people get to know you. Why? Because you can hide on a Sunday morning. And I can say this to you, uh, specifically, you can hide behind a screen. Right? You, you can hide away from people. And here's all I'm saying to you is, you can't get anywhere until you have the friction of relationships. And I know there's plenty of us that have been hurt. There's plenty of us that are like, people are crazy. Like, I, you know, like I've had enough drama and people and all this stuff. And hear me, I, I, I get it. I, I understand that. And, and people are crazy. And, and, you know, if you don't know a lot of crazy people, you're probably the crazy person in your scenario. But, but the, the reality being, this is the way God designed it, that we, we will find healing when we confess our sins to one another and pray for one another. That, that's actually how it comes. Look at, look at Hebrews 10 and 24. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together. As some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And, and, and I want to say this to you. For those that, you know, this pandemic has been a struggle, we really wrestled with going back to church. Uh, is it the right? And we went back really, really early, and I took some criticism for it from even some of our own people. And and what I would say now is I think we were right when you look at it. We, it's It's worked out great. Things are going very well. Nobody's gotten, you know, we haven't carried on the pandemic or those kind of things. But here's what I know. We've got to get together with God's people. We have to. It is, it is, it is not an option. And for those of us who fight that and we push back against that, we're the ones running around the same mountains. We're the ones that still have an anger issue. We're, we're the ones that still, you know, have a, a, a an addiction issue of some sort or whatever. And we're like, I, I'm, I'm just going to get, I got this. I got this. I got this. And, and we don't got this. We, we need each other, you know? Um, it's funny because people will talk about going to a big church or going to a small church. And people are like, well, I like a big church. And people who like a big church usually like it because they can put on what is kind of a bigger production, if you will. You know what I mean? It's exciting and it's bigger and maybe there's lights or whatever. And there's just energy because of people. And then you get the other people who are like, I don't want to go to some big church because I don't like not knowing anybody. Or that. Let me say something to you about that. Every church is too big if you don't know anybody. And every church is too small if you know everybody, but nobody gnoscos you, really knows you, really knows what's behind the mask, what's, what's, what's going on inside of your heart. And so you've got to find a small group of people that are trustworthy and are godly people that you can open up to. 
And that's why we push small groups here at Church of the Lakes is because we so much want to find you. I would love to say we could give you everything you need on a Sunday morning service, and that is just not true. What you need is relationship. And relationship is tough. And relationship is hard because we have friction with people. And not everybody sees everything the way. But we need each other. That's how we find freedom. Number three. Number three. And remember, two and three go together. So, so number two was that you would find freedom. So as I find freedom... And I, and I get to the point where I am clearing the, the, my vision and I can see, well, now I can begin to discover purpose, right? Uh, discover purpose. The more freedom you have from your past, the easier this is. Fri- finding freedom is a precursor to clarity of purpose. Let me say that again. Finding freedom is a precursor to clarity of purpose, that I know why I am here. Many of us don't know why we are here or we're struggling with seeing why we're here because there's still so much stuff that clouds our ability to see. We're that person driving down the interstate and it's raining cats and dogs and we can only see like 20 or 30 feet out in front of our car. We can't see way down the road. We don't really know where we're going, right? Because we can't see because there's too much clouding that scenario. And so we've got to do that to get to this place of discovering purpose. Romans 12 and 6. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. Now, this is not grace like we we sing amazing grace. This is a grace gift. This is a gift. And you have the ability to be more gracious in that area. Okay? Now, the word for this, some of you are not going to like, (laughs) depending on your denominational background. The word, this word grace here is charis. It's where we get the word charismatic. Now, some of you just went, well, charismatic. That's the wacky, you know, kind of thing. You know, that's, they, they're going to handle snakes and all that. No, listen to me. All charismatic means is, is that there's this gifting, right? It's this grace, a grace that is given to you. It, it's a grace gift that God gives you. Um, and, and that's who you are and why you are here. So, in other words, some of you love to work with kids. Some of you, like, love to work with elementary school. Can I just tell you, Pastor Mike does not have that grace gift, right? Like, my idea of working with, you know, four or five-year-olds or some kid in that area is like, I don't know, duct tape. You know, you know what I'm saying? Kind of, right? You're like, hush. Kinda, and, and, and so I don't have... A grace in that area. Does, does that make sense? I, I don't have, where some of you could just go in there or some people just want to go in there and rock babies. I don't want to go in there and rock some poopy diaper baby who's screaming at me. See, I don't have grace in that. But others of you do have grace. And so we're all given these grace gifts that give us the ability to operate in certain situations with great grace. Because we're gifted in that particular area. Look at 1 Peter 4 and 10. God has given gifts to each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. Okay, so how do I do that? How do I start to understand purpose? How do I understand, start to understand the giftings, these grace giftings that God has given to me? Here's your action step for number three. Attend our life steps. Come to Life Steps. Come, come and join us and walk through and let us take you through four weeks of what it means 
to to understand this journey. We're going to take you on this journey. This everything I'm going through right now that is the four weeks. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose. And number four, we'll talk about in just a second. But come to Life Steps and and have this opportunity for us to try to help you understand your purpose. First Corinthians twelve and one. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers. I do not want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to not understand. I, I want you to to grasp what it is that God has grace gifted you to do, right? And like I said, about 87% of church goers don't really know their purpose. Come and let us help you discover your purpose and, and begin that journey. Number four, number four is ultimately to make a difference. And, and a lot of people are stressed and looking for happiness. But can I say to you, real joy comes when you do something that makes a difference. Real joy comes when you do something that actually serves or affects someone else's life. Look at John 15, 8 and 11. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now catch this. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you. In other words, when you do what I have called you to do and you bear fruit, then God's joy will be inside of you. You will have joy. You will have this ability to go, man, I feel great. Like, I feel like this is, I feel contentment. I feel this, this sense. And even if the world around me is rocking, I'm, I'm dead solid. Why? Because I have joy. Why? Because I'm walking in what he's called me to do. I'm bearing fruit because I'm doing what God created me to do. It says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Man, that's, that's awesome right there. I want a little something of that, right? I want, I want that joy inside of me. So, so what's the action step? Well, the action step is if you, if you're here at Church of the Lakes, is join, a, join the dream team. That's, that's what we call volunteers. I, I don't like to call them volunteers because it sounds like that we're talking you into something. You know, come volunteer. We're gonna, no, this is the opportunity to use your gifts that God has given you and to find joy in that process. And if you're not here in the Leesburg area, part of Church of the Lakes, you've got to find a place that you can join their dream team or their volunteers or whatever great name they've come up with to call those people that serve and use their giftings. Why? Because when you put your giftings in place that God has put inside of you, you will have his joy. You will find yourself being somebody that you don't even recognize anymore because of what God does inside of you. Because you're fulfilling what it is that you are called to do. First Corinthians 12 and 27. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. So I want to, I want to walk real quick back through this, this verse we've been looking at. Ephesians 1 and, uh, and 16 and, and, and just ask you the question again. I told you I was going to ask you again at the end. What's your next step? Where, where are you in this journey? And, and I believe that we jump around at different seasons in our life and we deal. There are seasons when we really work on stuff inside of us. And what are we doing? We're clearing the eyes of our heart. And that's a find freedom kind of season, right? There are other seasons. Where are you? What's, what's the next step for you? I keep asking. So I'm asking this for you. This is, this is my prayer and our prayer for you today. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him, Gnosko, intimate relationship. Let me ask you, do you have that? And if you don't, you can begin that today 
by shedding all of the religious stuff and simply taking a heart that says, you know what, God, I want to, I want to know you better. I want, I want to, I want to understand really who you are. Will you come into my life? And then I will begin to pursue you just like I pursue any other relationship. You know, when I, when I, when I fell for my wife, I pursued her. Right? Like I, I wanted to talk to her all the time. I wanted to call her. I wanted to, I mean, and, 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 and so to know God and to understand him in that way is to now say, I want to pursue this relationship. I want to, I want to know him. Is that you today? Like, is that your next step? I really need to pursue a relationship. I need to not just pray a prayer and get out of hell free ticket, but, but, but pursue a, a relationship that you would know him. And then it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart May be enlightened. Maybe for some of you, the next step is, you know what? I keep pretending like nothing's wrong. I, 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 I keep just kind of pushing these things away and I don't deal with them. And I know people in my life right now who I'm praying for that do not want to go back and deal with something painful that happened with them today. And that, and they keep getting the consequences in, in their life today because they won't deal with it. Is that, is that your next step? Is your next step to, to finally face what that person did to you. To finally face that bad decision you made and own it and, and, and try to move beyond it. Why? Because I've got to clear my eyes. I'm not seeing life the way that I should see life because I'm clouded by stuff. Is it, is it a grudge? Is there, is there somebody right now that you can think of that when they come up, when their their name comes up or the thought of them comes up in your mind, just the hair on the back of your neck stands up or you just, there's this, this kind of anger thing that wells up inside of you. And you, you can't see clearly through a grudge any more than you could see through a muddy windshield, you know? And so it, is that you, do, do you need someone to sit down with and get some Christian counseling to help you deal with that scenario? Do you need to get in a small group? And find a group of people that you can trust to open up and be honest about those things and, and see what God could do if you'll confess your sins and have people pray for you that you may be healed. It's, now remember, two and three are tied together. Because once we've done that and cleared our heart, now we can see clearly what? In order that you may know the hope which he has called you, right? That you have a calling. You have a purpose. Now for some of you, Maybe that's this season for you. It's pursuing that purpose. What, what is it that God's called you? What giftings, what grace gift has God given you? Now find ways to operate in that gift. Find places to practice. You need a practice field, right? You need, a, you, need a, you need a practice field. You need to get on a team, volunteering at a church. You need to serve your community in certain ways and use your giftings and see what God might do with that. Ultimately, why? So the riches of his glorious inheritance in his people, that you would see that inheritance, that you would ultimately make a difference. Like that, that's the ultimate, that's my ultimate prayer for you, is that you would walk through this spiritual journey and then make a difference and see what it is to have God's joy and contentment in your life because you're walking in what he's called you to do. Now, I know there's probably some of you watching and you go, I don't even know where to start with that. Hey, why don't you send us an email? Why don't you let us know? Like, don't do this journey alone. Let us, let us help you with that particular next step, whatever it is. Let me pray for you before we close today. Father, thank you for your word and this reminder of the journey we're on. I pray for anyone and everyone watching 
um, right now, God, that you would meet them in that place. Holy Spirit, help them to see what next step they have. What What is the next step particularly for them? And then, God, give them a way to walk through that and then the courage to step out and actually do it. Uh, God, for those that need to start a relationship with you today, uh, would you make yourself very, very real to them as they pray something like this? Jesus, today I surrender my heart and ask you to come into my life. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins, and as best as I know how, I'm going to begin to pursue relationship with you. And so would you meet me in that place? We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us online, praying for you, continually praying for you, that you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us today. We would love to help you on your next steps. Please visit cotlakes.com. Join us weekly as we continue to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in our community.